When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Update on the Oilers schedule for tomorrow. Another scrimmage scheduled to start just after 11 at the downtown community arena. I originally heard earlier today that we're going to go practice for half the guys scrimmage and then a practice for the other half. Looks like they'll just jump straight into a scrimmage just after 11. So uh, you can keep the eye out for that. But again, uh, the highlights for the scrimmage they got a nice little five or six minute highlight pack go to the oilers twitter account or go to the website the uh, the scrimmage was not streamed through the oilers website i know that uh we're all wanting hockey and uh and to see players in action but uh you weren't able to watch the full scrimmage today but uh pretty good highlight pack put together gives you everything that you need to know well i can only introduce this next guest as the most handsome guest we've had on the show in 2021. It is Gord Wilson, broadcaster for the Ottawa Senators. Hi, Gord. Face for radio. Yeah. Yes, folks, take Reed's word, uh, word for it. I'm really well, good looking. I, I like to pump Just up the guests me. and make them feel good about themselves when they're coming on. Okay. Well, mission accomplished, sir. How's life? And, and again, I, I know this was a while ago, but, but thanks again, uh, uh, back in the day, it feels like years ago, but you, you shared your uh, your COVID tale. Unfortunately, I guess you would have been, well, in the grand scheme of things, one of the first people in Canada to to get it. So, I, I, you know, I do, I do want to look back on that and, and thank you because you were very candid about what you went through and uh, sharing it. So I know it's been a while since you had it, but just hope you're feeling good and, and everything's going okay. Yeah, thanks for asking, and uh, everything is going quite well. Thank you. It's been um, quite the journey just watching uh, the world unfold with this ridiculous uh, virus. And um, uh, for me personally, uh, things have settled in uh, semi-nicely. I still have issues a little bit with um, uh, catching a breath every now and then, but uh, that might be just because I'm uh, eight days away from turning 60 and probably need to lose about 15 pounds. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I always find if I eat the bag of the bag of potato chips right before I run, it, it's, it's, you know, just, you can't, you just can't get the energy going. Well, you're one better than me. At least you run. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair, fair enough. There you go. All right. All right, Gord. Uh, let, let's, let's dive in here because I, I kind of start, where where I've arrived at with the Ottawa Senators and Jack Michaels, who you know well, had a good conversation about the North Division early this week. I personally buy into the consensus that the Senators will probably finish seventh, but I also don't think they're going to be a doormat. I think at times they're going to be fun to watch. I think at times they're going to have some nice little streaks. Uh, I'll throw that out there for general reaction. Well, general reaction is I don't disagree with anything you said. I, too, think that they are going to finish seventh in the uh, division. Uh, We have to remember as many changes as Ottawa went through in the offseason and as many high draft picks as they got in the anticipation of getting Tim Stutzla, uh, who was expected on the 
scrimmage ice or the training camp ice on Sunday here in Ottawa. Um, the, the, the anticipation here is this team is going to be better. Whether it be better this year remains to be seen because it was a 30th place team last year and a 31st place team the year before that. So when you're a bottom two for two consecutive years, there's an uphill battle to climb. And I think the Senators are experiencing that and will continue to experience it. I think they will be a little bit better. I think this year, with a 56-game season in a division like the North, uh, where every team that they're going to be playing is going to be probably better than them, it is going to be a monumental task here to show in the standings that they are a better team than they were last year. I'm not sure if that's possible, Reed, but I do know, and I think I agree with you here as well, I do know that they will be a feisty and very difficult team to play against. There is no question they want to integrate some youth into the lineup, but to add the youth, uh, they want to insulate the youth, and they've added players like Austin Watson and Josh Brown, uh, a couple of guys uh, who like to play a very physical style of uh, hockey, and Erica Branson being another one. So um, we shall see. Only time will tell, but it's certainly going to be fun watching um, hockey night in Canada uh, rivalries night after night after night. Yeah, that's going to be uh, that's going to be incredible for sure. And don't forget, I've pointed this out several times. Ottawa four and zero at Rogers Place, so that's a streak the Oilers got to end this year. You know, Ottawa's light coming. So have the Leafs, by the way. An Ontario team has not lost in our new building. You mentioned Tim Stutzla. I loved watching him at the World Juniors. My my broadcast colleague Rob Brown said no disrespect to Zegris and Cousins. He actually thought Stutzla was the best player in that tournament for how he elevated Germany. How, how do you yeah. think he's going to be handled here with the Sens? Well, they're going to put him on the wing to start, and they are going to give him an opportunity to play. They signed him for a reason to a three-year entry-level contract, and uh, part of the reason was they thought that he has a really good chance of making this team and playing all season long in this 56-game schedule, and I don't think there's any hesitation that beyond game six, they will be worried about burning the first year of his contract if they don't think he's going to be able to play all year. They think he was going to be able to play with this team all year and uh, it'll be a fun learning process there's no question about that Uh, the character that the young man showed at the world junior championships was second to none in terms of being a captain on a team that at one point lost what 16 to was it 16 nothing or 16 to one or something like that to canada i don't know what it was but 16 don't short them (laughs) yeah sorry oops yeah 16 to 2, but, you know, from start to finish, he played that game like um, he didn't want to be embarrassed anymore, and there were some players who did. So um, he, he, uh, he showed a tremendous amount of character and maturity, and um, that continued right throughout the tournament. The team is very excited about getting uh, him in the lineup. He said, to, he, he, I think he left last Saturday from Edmonton, and um, he's got a seven-day quarantine period, and that ends i think on saturday so he should be in on the ice on sunday and uh believe you me everybody's excited about it we talked to brady kachuk the other day about um integrating him into the lineup and he he, he said he can't wait uh because he watched the world juniors and uh, just watched how good this young man was so um there's a general feeling that um he's going to uh help the team 
Um, it's a you know it's a lot of weight on the shoulders of an 18 year old to help a 30th place team uh, go from 30th to a playoff spot. You mentioned some of the new guys, and I am glad you kind of touched on how they're each going to help. Did they not sign Dodonoff from the Panthers as well? I mean, he had 70 points a couple of years ago. Uh, yep, they did. He got a three-year contract, a $15 million contract, 5-5-5 five, five, and 5 mil. And um, uh, Evgeny Dadunov will be the top-line right winger on this team instantly. And um, he has worked primarily with, uh, and Dadunov is a right winger, he's worked primarily with Brady Kachuk on the left wing. So I think DJ Smith, the Senators head coach, has uh, formulated a plan where he's going to have those two flank uh, any one of a number of centers. The Senators last week went out and got Derek Steppen from Arizona. Um, he too has had to quarantine, so he's expected on the ice Sunday for the first time as well, and it's expected Derek uh, will center Kachuk and Dadunov as, as really Ottawa's first line this year. But there will be, believe you me, Reed, there's going to be a lot of interchangeable parts. This is a team that had um, uh, a team in the minors last year in Belleville uh, uh, rise through the, the season very, very quickly, especially in the second half. And they were a first-place team, and they had high hopes of going far in the playoffs. Um, and, of course, their season, AHL season, cut short early as well. So they've got some young players like a Josh Norris, a former first-round pick of the Sharks, uh, who was uh, the AHL Rookie of the Year last year. Um, they've got Drake Batherson, who's trained for the last three or four seasons in the offseason, pardon me, uh, with um, Sidney Crosby and Nathan McKinnon. Um, he's, he's learned an awful lot, and he was on the cusp of making the team last year, but had a solid season in Belleville. Um, there are a few players that they expect to integrate into the lineup here and, uh, uh, and help, obviously, change the fortunes of this team. Yeah, and, and I mean, we got to go in net, right? Because that, who knows, that could be the absolute game changer where maybe if there are five wins between uh, seventh and fourth, maybe this is the guy that gets him those five wins if he's hot. And, that, and that's well, Matt Murray. You know, I, I'm yeah. really intrigued to see what he does there. Yeah, absolutely. An 899 save percentage last year. His numbers were off. He still won 20 games. He's still a goaltender at the age of 26 who's wearing two Stanley Cup rings. And, you know, what was, I think, the, certainly the pedigree is there, and we were all amazed at uh, how much success he had early. I think we were just as amazed that he had a bit of an off year last year and maybe the year before that as well. But that being said, um, what was most impressive about Matt uh, coming to Ottawa was the fact that he was excited to be here. Okay, And there was a time, Reed, I'll be honest with you, there was a time where we didn't get a lot of good reaction from players when they did end up either being traded or even signing with the Senators. Um, uh, Matt's reaction was one of excitement, uh, the same as Dad. Enough the, the signings that they've made here this year have been impressive in that players have wanted to come here, and um, Matt Murray's uh, desire to be here and maybe kickstart his game a little bit uh, with a young team that gives up an awful lot of shots. He's certainly going to get tested an awful lot. Um, but he also said he wanted to be part of a leadership group on this team. And I think that was very, very important for a guy who's got two Stanley Cup rings. Boy, anytime you can bring into your lineup or into your locker room somebody who's sat beside Sidney Crosby for the last couple of seasons, I think that's a pretty good move. 
Yeah, they're going to be a really interesting team to watch. And, you know, as we're doing this segment, someone writes in and says, no, Winnipeg's going to be last by a kilometer. And I appreciate the yeah. metric instead of the, 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 the yeah. by a mile. Yeah. So, okay. But, yeah, I mean, I think, like I said, I think Ottawa will be fun. I don't think they're going to be a doormat that goes uh, 12 and 44 or whatever yeah, it will no, be. And, no. and I think... And I, and I do think there'll be a challenge for, for the Oilers just because I think they'll have some quickness and, and Murray's a good goaltending. And, and I think, you know, you mentioned that they they brought in a physical presence uh, for Ottawa as well. And, and the Oilers have that. Do they have it through the lineup? No. So, I mean, maybe that's something too that could help the Ottawa, the Senators in this matchup. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I think the fact that, um, I mean, the team really studied what they were going to be up against in the North Division and, um, uh, you know, 10 times against Toronto and 10 times against Montreal, there is a, and you guys know the feeling here against uh, the, the Calgary Flames, there is an extreme hatred when these two teams play i mean it's 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 lessened over the years believe it or not when both teams got a little bit perhaps more skilled um but um when you play 10 times this year it'll get regenerated there's no question about that and as we all know hate is good for hockey and hate will be extremely good i'll tell you we talked to brady kachuk about the uh, the, the opportunity to play his brother nine times and <laughs> over the zoom call you could see his eyes light up um, they were as big as saucers and thinking about the chance for not just he and his brother to get together but for the entire family to um, you know watch the two Kachuk brothers go head to head nine times this year that's going to be an awful lot of fun yeah, and and sometimes back to back days or two times in three days, yeah. right? That's that's yeah. gonna yeah. <laughs> that's gonna add. I mean, like Rob Brown always says that you 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 know when you've been wronged, but you don't always have to do it in that same game. Sometimes you got to wait yeah. a month till the next meeting. Now you got to wait twenty four to forty eight hours. For, for the yeah, next yeah. no kidding. Yeah, this is what makes things very very intriguing and. Uh, um, uh, and again, as I say, it'll make for <laughs> the bloodthirsty fans will certainly get treated to, I think, uh, some 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 interesting matchups because by the end of it all, they're all going to hate each other. And um, uh, by the 10th meeting between Ottawa and Toronto, my goodness, like I can't imagine what uh, what it's going to be like. Well, I can't imagine and I get excited thinking about it because, um, you know, the chirp level will be at an all time high. That's for sure. Yeah, well, that goalie fight we had in the Battle of Alberta, that'll be like three times a week now this year. Like, oh, yeah, goalie slot again. <laughs> well, nothing better than a good goalie fight, I've always said. So there you go. <laughs> hey, we appreciate you checking in, Gord. Always love having you on the show. Of course, we'll talk throughout the season. I imagine not in person, but hopefully uh, over the yeah. phone line like this. So thanks a lot for checking in. I appreciate you giving me a call, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again. Thank you, Reed. That is Gord Wilson, knows his stuff, love having it on the show, analyst for the Ottawa Senators on TSN 1200. And he, he kind of listed off a few of their uh, new additions and how they're going to uh, how they're gonna try to match up against other teams. And, uh, yeah, look, I, I still think it's they're going to be pretty hard-pressed to make the playoffs, and I still think they're going to be the basement dweller in the North Division, but I don't think they're going to go away lightly. Uh, Colton says, that would warm the cockles of my heart to see Brady beat the wheels off Matthew. Ha ha. Bonus points for using cockles in a sentence. We're back after. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, 
Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. To the break. See, you just challenged me with questions already, Archer. Where would you rank the Oilers goalies in the North Division? Well, I think Hellebuck's still the best goalie. I think uh, Markstrom's going to be very good in Calgary. Um, You know, Holtby's a little later in his career. We'll see how Demko handles being a starter in Vancouver. Uh, Montreal has Price and Allen. So, you know, Price, I, I think, will still be good. Um, you know, Gord said Murray's coming off a down year in Pittsburgh. So questions about where he bounces back. What did I miss a team? I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, I, realistically, I'd probably put them fifth, but I, I still think they'll have adequate goaltending to to make the playoffs, kind of like they did last year. I mean, if you look at Koskinen's save percentage, he was kind of in the middle of the pack. I mean, he's not. He's not a terrible goalie. I, I, there are things in his game that bother me a little bit when he's not playing well. I mentioned it earlier. I think sometimes he's a big goalie that makes himself look small. And I think there are times when he can get swimming around a little bit, which affects his ability to go post to post. And we saw that hurt him on a few goals in the playoffs. But there's a lot of times he was he was really, really good. Um, so, or, or, or maybe if I did three tiers of goaltending in the North Division, I'd, I'd put them in the middle tier. Maybe that's a fair way to put it. Colton says, Reed, are they letting you in for the scrimmages and the practices or just Bob and Jack? I Yes, I have been in, Colton. We got a distance. We have to wear masks. We get a temperature and a health check before we go in. Uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter. I've been putting out photos and videos, buddy, from inside the rink. You'll enjoy my Twitter account. It's all about the uh, Oilers, the double E football team, and blockbuster video. It's quite enthralling. Speaking of the double E football team, they got a new defensive back, Jonathan Rose. He is going to join me in the next half hour. By the way, the double E signed a really good offensive lineman today. Derek Dennis joins the team. Inside Sports on Chet, back after the news and weather. There's the reigning Hart Trophy winner. Oilers face off their season on Wednesday night. Oh, it's less than a week away. Vancouver Canucks will be at Rogers Place. Game will start at 8. 
Our coverage will commence with the face-off show at 6. Looking forward to it. Still some track to cover. The Oilers will scrimmage tomorrow just after 11 in the morning at the downtown community arena. So just like I did today, I will uh, recap the scrimmage for you on tomorrow's show and uh, dive into some other topics. We'll have, uh, now I believe, I believe... Besides talking hockey, we're, uh, I, I think it's going to be tomorrow. I think we're going to have Brandon Zilstra on the show tomorrow, the former Edmonton football team receiver who now plays for the Carolina Panthers. Got a touchdown this season on uh, on a blocked punt that he recovered in the end zone. So he's been able to stick with the Panthers or in the NFL for the last three years now. So uh, I believe we're going to get Brandon tomorrow. So that'll be pretty good to talk to him. The scrimmage today, 3-2 for Team White. That was the... Uh, Team that played with three forward lines. Team Blue played with four. McDavid scored twice, including the overtime winner. Joachim Nygaard also scored for Team White. For uh, Team Blue, it was Seth Griffith, who's on a two-way contract, set up by Dominic Cahoon. And Yessi Pugliarvi scored the tying goal with uh, with Stuart Skinner on the bench for the extra attacker. So good for Pugliarvi to chip in. You can get a little bit more on the game, more on Dominic Cahoon by looking at my story on 630ched.com, globalnews.ca. Been fun covering camp so far. A lot of good storylines. I think a lot of promise for the Oilers this season. Well, I mentioned the double E football team signed defensive lineman, Derek, or offensive lineman, Derek Dennis. He's been really good over the course of his CFL career. Earlier this week, they signed defensive back Jonathan Rose, who checks in now. Jonathan, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Man, mighty fine, man. Glad to be a part of this new Edmonton football team, ready to get to work. Right on. Well, yeah, welcome aboard. Tell me about the uh, how the signing process went. Obviously, coming off a very unusual year, going through a very difficult time in the in the world. How did it all come together for you? Uh, well, it was a real unfortunate situation like I like you were saying um coming off of an injury trying to get an organization to take a chance on me and just really wanted to play ball again so it was an uncertain time with the 2020 season getting canceled so I was trying to ease my way back into the game and get back on the radar uh from missing season so luckily um being the player I am some teams reached out to me before I had to go to looking for teams and I built some rapport with some with some guys and some GMs and just talked to some people. And Edmonton was just the best pick with Brock being there and us having a previous relationship and the guys he's already got on the team that I know are already exceptional players. So it was just a easy decision. But like I said, um, I was just glad for a team to give me an opportunity in general just to play ball again. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the injury, Jonathan, and I'm hoping, if you don't mind, that, that we can tell that story to, to, to your new fans mm-hmm. here, here in Edmonton because obviously it was uh, – it was pretty scary, right? Because this was this not a, a neck and back injury, or, or can you kind of just tell us what happened to cause the injury to begin with? Yeah, it's like a neck, upper spine um, injury, but it wasn't anything like one play oriented, right? So people usually see these injuries and it's something you see the guy carted off the field or something of that nature. It was just me being in tune with my body and understanding I'm not feeling like I usually feel. So um, going into the 2019 season, I trained properly. I, I was doing everything I usually do to get ready for seasons. Uh, no flares or no red flags at the time. Started playing the first game of the season against Calgary. Uh, went to Calgary. Happened to do my regular press jam against a receiver and uh, made contact with my head first and then my hands. So at that moment... I felt a funny tingle. So I was like, okay, I do this kind of hit all the time. Never really feel this 
this feeling before. So I shook it off, thought it was a stinger, went to my trainers. They thought it was a stinger. So they treated me as such. Got back in the game, finished the game. We ended up winning. Going on to the next week of SAS, we ended up winning that when I felt completely good for those two weeks. Went into week three where Winnipeg was coming to Ottawa. And that week of my preparation and working out, I felt funny. I felt like my left side was a little weaker than it should be. And then I was getting to full range on extensions of just a regular bench press and felt feelings that I wasn't used to. So I asked my training staff at Ottawa to give me a, a MRI or something. So they, they, um, they diagnosed me and said I needed an MRI. So with getting that MRI probably was probably the best thing I did. They realized I had a herniated disc, which is just your spine is full of disc. And if one of them protrudes outward, or to the side, it, it can cause these kind of feelings that I was having. So mine was neutral. It was going straight back. Um, if not treated, could have been something like paralysis with with treatment. Uh, the surgeries that they were recommending didn't give me options to come back to the game. So they were saying this could be a thing that could take me out of the game for good. So that one shocked me to death because it's first injury. I've been playing this game since six years old. First injuries putting me out the game. So I'm like, oh my goodness, I just don't it don't make sense because I'm in the prime. I'm a pretty decent player. Um, I'm winning. I'm winning championships and I'm just in my, I'm in my zone. I'm, and we call it, in, I'm in my bag. I was just playing and living at a good rate and it was just a stopping point for all of that. So big adjustment for me. But as I did more research, we looked into the spinal fusion, which I had, gave you the best chance to come back and play. Um, gives you a little bit more support than um, uh, the other options, like an artificial disc, which they don't really hold up against contact well at all. So, like, if you get that, you're probably somebody that's not in a contact lifestyle because it, it's good for you, but it doesn't really resist against contact. And what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to get back into the game, so I needed something that was stable as possible to help me get back. And um, Dr. Wade did an amazing job with the spinal fusion. Um, told me I, re I recovered better than anybody he could have thought or he could have imagined recovering, like, to even get back and get cleared as fast as I did. And I appreciate how he went through getting the surgery done in the safest way possible and um, Human 2.0 for the recovery that they helped me get shake back to be able to feel like I can get back and get this opportunity to play football again. So that was my whole process, man. It was just a real mental well, man, what 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 a story, and good for you for toughing it out through that. And uh, and now you're going to be getting back on the field here with the uh, with the double E football team defensive back Jonathan Rose joining uh -huh. us tonight on Inside Sports. Uh, let Let's just uh, get to know you a little bit better in a couple other areas too. Um, you, you played okay. college football with Auburn and Nebraska, and then tell us how you wound up uh, with Ottawa in the uh in in the cfl you know i often ask american players if if they knew a lot about the cfl before they came up here or or when it started being a realistic option for them in their career man it was a whole foreign territory to me of uh, some the my first time here in cfl i didn't even know i thought it was like an arena league in the states not no knock on the cfl just my lack of knowledge of of other sports in other countries right so I came down to my senior year at nebraska and I tried my NFL. Um, I had a few rookie mini camps. They they put you up against the rookies that they they signed, and then y'all just go in and compete. And I did pretty good at all of them. I don't think I really had a bad showing. It's just when you draft somebody, you draft them for a reason. So most teams had wanted to at least get a year or two out of their draftees. So I just fell into that process of if um, a position opens, we'll call you. I didn't. 
that didn't sit well with me. I, I didn't want to sit on standby. Um, so my offensive coordinator in Nebraska at the time called me and told me he heard great things about me at the camps and he had an opportunity for me. So I said, I'm willing to listen. So he told me about the CFL. He told me to do some research. The team that's interested in me is the Ottawa Red Blacks. So he's like, look over it overnight and somebody's going to call you tomorrow. So I did my research. This was 2015. They had went to the semifinals against Hamilton, I want to say. Came real close to getting to the Grey Cup. So I was like, I went through the rest of the season. So I was like, man, it's a team I like. Uh, I like the look of them. For one, the red and black look cool. I like I like the 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 visual at first, and then I saw how they play and the guys they had. I was like, oh, okay, this a this a rowdy, aggressive, playmaking team right here. Like everybody on that defense is making plays, and the offense not too shabby. with having the the goat Henry Burris as their quarterback. So I was like, okay, I might give it a shot. And it and to the visual, it looks like regular football. Did not understand this field was this big. So I was so confused when I got up here and I was trying to cover an out route. And I was like, oh, my gosh, why am I running so far to get to this out route? Not realizing the field dimensions were bigger. So it was an adjustment process. And then going through field adjustments, the waggle was so crazy. I was like, so you're telling me this guy can go around the whole formation and run full speed at me? I was like, this is a disadvantaged game right here. I was like, this can't be fun for anybody up here. So <laughs> I wanted to play, though. I wanted to play bad. So I was like, hey, you got to adjust, j Rose. So my first year, I can say it's pretty funny. Uh, it was a very good learning experience, but I, I love the game after 16 because imagine coming into a new football realm and you win the championship your first year so I was so intrigued of the game that I said man so to have your first year go into a championship and you just learning the game I was like by the time I'm two three years in they ain't gonna be able to mess with me up here I, was, I love this so like I said I started off on fire and um 2017 we went into a good 18 had my best year and I just fell in love with the game after I started to learn more about it man and um it's been great ever since Man, I can tell you got a lot of energy. This is good. Jonathan Rose from the Double E football team on Inside Sports tonight. I, I want to hear a little about you as, as a youngster. Uh, you grew up in Alabama, which is, uh, there's a lot of football there, I've heard, Jonathan. <laughs> was, oh, was, yeah. was it football all the way for you if, as a kid? If, if, if that's all you heard, if that's all you heard, that's all we got if you really want to make it <laughs> into a thing. You might not hear about nothing else in the South, but you will hear that there's some good football being played down there. And did you play football when you were a little kid, or were you into other sports too? Uh, started off playing baseball, so baseball was my first passion. Um, King Griffey Jr. was my favorite guy, and um, I always been kind of fast. So my mom, my dad went to Auburn University. That's how I really got onto football. But before, while he was in college, my mom put me in baseball for some reason. She didn't want me in football at that time, so. Baseball was my thing, and I enjoyed it, but the reason they liked me so much because I could hit it. All I had to do was hit it into the outfield, and I was going to make it all the way home by the time the other little kids even got the ball and got ready to throw it. So they was like, bro, this guy's going to be something special in whatever sport he chooses to play, but he's just gifted. So I just liked to run around at first, and then my mom took me to my dad's first football game I ever been to at Auburn University, and I was – amazed from there i just fell in love with the game beyond knowing that my dad was out there i was just it was just so intense that's my first time seeing guys hit each other get back up trash talking and crowds roaring and like just the whole atmosphere was great to me so i was like man i enjoy this i want to try this one time so as the years went on i think 
my mom made me wait two more, three more years. So my dad ended up graduating by that time. So he introduced football to me. He was my first coach in Little League. And that's how I got off on it. My dad took his passions from the game and instilled them in me. And he realized I had a gift at playing. So he just toned that gift and, and made me hone in on trying to be the best that I could be. So that was kind of my childhood, man. I, I wasn't that child that really wanted to go I used to like the um, Six Flags and the water parks, but put me in a camp. Send me over there with Nick Saban there. I want to go work. So my whole, from ninth grade to 12th grade, I was in some college's camp. I was just out there three days. I, my, my dad would pay $500 for me to go to a three-day camp. I was like, Dad, I want to be out there as long as I can play. And I turned it into my my dream and I turned it into my profession because I, I dedicated everything to it and that was based on my childhood and then Alabama was kind of easy because like I told you <laughs> we don't have much else out there it's football sports or nothing for real um so it was really easy to grasp the sport because everybody out there loves it it, it was something that everybody can have a commonality with everybody knows football everybody loves the sports so it was kind of easy to right. pursue athletics coming from the south Right on. Okay, I'm gonna have some fun with this one here, Jonathan. Now that you've you've okay. been in Canada, you've been in Canada for for five years, and I know you're you're hanging out in Ottawa right now. What's the biggest misconception that Americans have about Canadians or about Canada? Well, one that yeah, every Canadian I, I meet says a, but. The the <laughs> epitome of how we thought people said A in the States, it was like every other question, A. Do you like that, A? We, but nobody really talks like that. But the cartoons that I used to watch, they always said it afterwards. They would, they would abuse the word A. But the funny part about it, I didn't hear it a lot. So then when I start hearing people using um, casual conversation, Man, that's such a subtle word. The way the <laughs> depiction of it, they make us in the States think that A is a part of y'all's everyday sentences. Like every sentence has to end with A or that's like a period up here in Canada. So I was so <laughs> ready to hear people talk like that. And then I got here and I didn't even hear it for like my first year. Like nobody ever said A. And then I finally had one guy crack the seal and then everybody I talked to was a, uh, hope you're having a good day, eh? Can't wait to see you after the game, eh? You coming over, eh? Yeah, so that was my biggest thing. I just used to love that part. It was just, that seemed like the most Canadian thing that could ever happen. Uh, somebody saying, hey, and then I realized what a beaver tail was. I was like, okay, Canada got something going. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. Well, Jonathan, thanks for telling your story. Uh, hopefully we're going to be able to chat throughout the season. You, you got a lot of energy and you're a great storyteller. So you're good for radio. So I'm looking forward to having you in town here, man. All the best. Yes, sir. I can't wait to start our relationship together, and I'd love to be on once I get back, um, once I get into Edmonton. Thank you for allowing me to come on today. Thank you. That was Jonathan Rose, eh? Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Jonathan Rose, he was really interesting to talk to. What an ordeal with his uh, with his neck injury and the spinal fusion and everything he had to go through. So hopefully he's feeling good. He says he's feeling good. He signed with the Double E football team 
Derek Dennis, really good offensive lineman in the CFL over the last few years. The double E announcing his signing today. Okay, Oilers back at it tomorrow. Another scrimmage. They did skate today. McDavid had two goals, winner in overtime. They played three 15-minute periods, stop time. They didn't flood between the second and third periods. Overtime lasted only 38 seconds. Uh, there was a power play in the game, like I mentioned. The the power play unit that went out was McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, Dreisaitl, Barry, and Yamamoto. Now, Chason was on the other team, so maybe he would have been the net front guy instead of Yamamoto if it was a, a regular game. James Deal still hasn't been on the ice. They didn't score on the power play. Joachim Nygaard scored shortly after the power play expired. They, they actually haven't really worked specifically on special teams yet in camp. Here's head coach Dave Tippett. We're going to spend a whole day on special teams here the next couple of days or after tomorrow. So we have a pretty good idea. As long as our structure's in place, our guys understand what we're trying to do. Um, you know, you can practice it to an extent, but like you say, it won't be real until, uh, until you get into the games. And normally exhibition games, you'd see some of that, but you're not going to see that. But uh, I, I like, uh, you know, Jim Playfair does a nice job with the, with the structure. We have... Um, you know, guys coming back that uh, other than Sheehan coming back that we uh, that know the structure we want to play. So I feel comfortable our penalty kill and be ready. Well, I think, yeah, I think the power play will be ready. We'll see about the PK. I think that's a that's a bit of a question. They're going to need the goalies to be solid again. And, and Riley Shane, who, you know, wasn't great five-on-five, five, definitely did help the penalty kill. He and Josh Archibald were off in the first duo out as forwards to kill penalties. And Oscar Clefbaum was, was uh, you know, relied on in that situation as well. So we're going to see how the PK goes. The scrimmage again tomorrow, like I said, no preseason games. That changes the preparation a little bit, and Tippett was asked about quickly having to jump into the regular season. Well, I think you're going to see, without ex- exhibition games, there's going to be, every team is going to have a little bit of tinkering to do and uh, and see where their team's at. So, uh, you know, you got to get in and read and react and see how your, how, how your team's responding. Um, you know, players have an awful long time and without exhibition games you're you're going to get some probably some fatigue and some sloppiness early and uh, that's why we're working hard these days to try to take as much of that out as we can all right and i'm curious to see as we roll along here where cahoon slots into the lineup uh i mean we've seen nugent hopkins mcdavid and cassian probably going to be a line Ennis with Yamamoto and Dreisaitl. Could Cahoon get a get some time up there with Dreisaitl even before camp starts? Or does Archibald get bumped off the line with uh, Pugliarvi and Turris? Archibald's been playing on that line as a, as a left winger. And the fourth line has kind of been shaping up to be so far. Kara with uh, Chase on. Now, Benson played there today. Uh, Nygaard's been there at other times in camp. And uh, I think Devin Shore is going to push for spots on the fourth line. You know, I mentioned Cahoon. Where does he slot in? James Neal is still out of action. So some options for the Oilers up front. And a good the good thing, most of those options have NHL experience. I mean, they're not plugging in uh, career minor leaguers or, or recent draft picks and hoping that they contribute to the team. I mean, there are going to be young guys worked in. And as I mentioned earlier, I, I really like Ryan McLeod's play. He's, he's fast and he's around the puck a lot. And I, I think we're going to be eventually seeing him as an Edmonton Oiler. Okay, don't forget, Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I think I'm going to be on the morning show with Chelsea and Shea just after 8, so I'm sure I'll talk to some of you then and Inside Sports tomorrow from 6 to 8. 
Thanks to Dave Campbell. He's the producer of the show. Kellen Kennedy's your studio operator. My name's Reed. Have a great night. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.